How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Well, tonight's our healing meeting. Praise God. So we're going to focus on healing here tonight. And, and if you came in need of healing, well, then you'll, you'll be healed here in a few minutes. So that will be good. Well, that'll be that. We'll just take care of that and move on with life. Life's too short to be sick. <laughs> We've only got a limited time down here on the earth. And in heaven, we're not going to need any healing. Someone said, uh, some people get healed in heaven. Nobody ever has gotten healed in heaven. <laughs> Amen. No one has ever needed to be healed when they went to heaven. There is no sickness there. There's no devil there. <laughs> There's no poverty there. There's no depression there. There's not, none of a lot of the junk that people have to deal with here. And uh, so what we want to do is appropriate, appropriate what the Lord has provided here. Everybody say here. here. Yeah, here. This is where we're getting it. <laughs> and, and not here like, like down in the future somewhere. Here and now. Amen. Yeah, here and now. Someone might say, well, isn't that just human nature just to want everything now? Well, <laughs> concerning some things, some of these most important things, now is not only what we desire, it's what God desires. All right? Now is His time as well. All right. We realize there are some areas of life where uh, what you might call delayed gratification in some material realm uh, can be beneficial, right? And there are some things that have a timeline on them. But when it comes to healing, the time is today. The time is now. It is God's will for all to be well today. Aren't you glad for that? If you brought your Bible with you tonight, then... then Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark 16. Our goal is simply to get the healing that God has provided into our bodies. Amen? I'm not trying to get God to do anything. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, see if God will do something. I think there's a great hindrance in the, in the lives of some people today when it comes to healing simply because they approach it as if uh, they're trying to get God to heal them. Almost as if I'm going to be healed as soon as God does it. As soon as the Lord decides to or as soon as the Lord uh, moves in my life. And, and that's a wrong approach to healing. Okay, we can never, ever, ever deal rightly with healing if we are pointing the finger at God and acting like, maybe we wouldn't say it this way, but kind of implying that the problem is on His end. That the reason I'm sick, the reason I've got these physical issues is because God hasn't done anything yet. I heard a very famous person one time a number of years ago who had a particular problem and condition in his life and, and he was talking, I guess, and some people had said to him, why don't you, uh, or to something to the effect of why don't you trust God for your healing or something like that. And he basically said, you know, I'm open to be, he I'm open to be healed, but God just hasn't done it yet. And the thing is, I mean, he was probably being sincere. He really thought that this was all a decision that God was making. I'm either going to heal him or I'm not. 
or I'm going to heal him now, or I'm going to heal him later, or as some would say, they'd go way out there, uh, the Lord will heal some people in heaven. Just, that's just wrong. That's not scriptural. Okay? But nevertheless, that thinking kept his healing away from him. The healing that the Lord had provided through the cross, through Jesus taking stripes upon his back that we might be healed, was kept at bay because of a belief system that says, I'm waiting for God to do it. And as soon as the Lord does it, then I'll be healed. Well, how many understand the truth is concerning healing, the Lord has already provided. Really, we can say it this way, the Lord has already healed. Amen. If I am ever dealing with something physically, a sickness or disease or something in my body, it is never because the Lord hasn't done it yet. The truth is, He did it 2,000 years ago. All right, and, and ju it's just like being saved. Could we say to uh, Joe Sinner on the street who's living like the devil, and, and we, we, could we say, you know, he really wouldn't be like that. His life really wouldn't be so much a mess if God would just save him. Just waiting on God to save him. I mean, God's got to decide whether he's going to save him or not. <laughs> or we're just waiting on the time when God will save him. Maybe God has put that dude's salvation off for a few years. Or maybe he'll save him in heaven. <gasps> We've got a big problem there, don't we? Because you don't get in. <laughs> Right. And so likewise, just like salvation, because healing is really part of the salvation package. It's part of redemption. It's not a side issue. It's not, you know, extra charge for this. <laughs> not an add-on. Uh, well, here's what it'll cost. But if you want the healing package to go <laughs> along with that, uh, that's a little extra charge. No, no. The Lord took care of all of our problems and all of the things we deal with in life all at the same time when Jesus went to the cross and was raised from the dead. And so as children of God, if you're a saved person, these things rightfully belong to you, okay? If you're not a saved person, you've never been born again. Good news is that those of us who are, we have been given the ability to take this healing power to those who don't have a right to it yet. Okay, I have the ability, and not because I'm so special. I'm special to the Lord, but just the same as everyone else is special. But I have the ability to transfer healing from my hands into another person's body. It's amazing. I mean, people in this in the world they think that's crazy, or you know, in Hollywood they call you a faith healer. <laughs> but it's just simply being a Christian and saying Lord I believe your word is true and I'm going to act on it not anything about being a faith healer or, or, or some other kind of you know thing that sounds kooky <laughs> I don't know about you but I just believe in acting on the word of God and, uh, and, and have found that when we do so we get the exact results that the Lord said we would have okay here we go Mark 16 Mark 16 verse 15 16:15. This is Jesus now speaking to his disciples right before he went back up to heaven after he was raised from the dead. This is one of the passages in the Bible along with Matthew 28 that we refer to at times as the great commission, okay? Mark 16:15 it says and he said to them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." 
Isn't, aren't you glad the Lord loves everybody? He didn't say just preach to this race or that race or just preach to this society or this, those in this economic condition or, 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 or th- those with this kind of background. He said preach it to everybody. That's good news. I don't know if you've ever not qualified for something. Maybe you've gone in for a, uh, you know, to buy a house or something or buy a car, and they said, uh, "Sorry, you do not qualify uh, for this loan, or you don't qualify to to do something that you want to do." With the Lord, He said, "Preach the gospel to everybody." There is no person that is outside of God's reach and outside of His love, and and He wants everybody to hear the truth and to be saved. He said, "Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes." and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned how I many know that puts the the onus on us as to what we believe all right it's not up to the lord whether i'm saved or not it's totally up to me have you ever noticed in that passage that it doesn't um it doesn't put the baptism or water baptism in the second half of that verse I don't know if you've ever noticed that. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Some have taken that because it puts that in there to say that unless someone is water baptized and sometimes even a certain way that they're not truly going to go to heaven. But did you know, did you know the latter part of the verse didn't add that in? He, and he said, and those who don't believe will be condemned. He didn't say those who weren't, who weren't baptized would be condemned. Amen. So what that shows us is, is that the, the actual baptism is not the thing that guarantees a person's eternity in heaven. It's not the thing that saves, but it, but it is in there. So we see it is very important for the, for, the, for the believer. I am to believe and act upon that in public testimony of my salvation and be water baptized, right? But at the same time, we have examples in the, in the New Testament uh, over in Acts chapter 10, for example, Cornelius and his household, they were born again. They were filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit before they were ever baptized in water. So you can see that it's not the essential thing for a person to be truly saved, but yet it's important, and the Lord commanded us to do it. And if someone, you know, honestly, if I saw someone, they said, I believe in the Lord, and I accept the Lord Jesus, but they didn't want to be or refuse to be baptized in water, that would make me wonder about the first thing they said. You know, why are you hesitant to do this? Because the Lord did say this right in connection with believing and being saved. He said, you should be baptized. But at the same time, I'm not ready because it's not scriptural to say, oh, if you haven't been baptized or if you haven't been baptized this certain way, then you're going to hell, man. No, no, it's, it's, the, re- I mean, no, it's the acceptance or the rejection of the Lord that determines our eternal fate. All right. And so let's, let's go on reading here, here some more. Um, uh, verse 7, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Well, let's just stop there for a moment. Uh, In my name, they will cast out demons. All right. Is that within our capability today to cast out demons? Why would we need to cast out demons? Well, simply because we know from the Word of God, it might not be real popular in culture, but uh, demons are around. There are demonic spirits, just like in the days of Jesus. Uh, there are demonic spirits, spirits that hurt people, that influence people's lives in a negative way. Sometimes they are the reason or the cause of a sickness or disease in someone's body. 
okay? But the Bible says that we would, these are, this is one of the signs that would follow us, we sh- will cast out demons. What does that mean? That means I tell them to leave and they leave. Yeah, well, well when? When, when? When would someone, when would a Christian cast out a demon? Well, it obviously has to be when they know that it's there. All right, we're not looking for demons. We're not, you know, we're not just going around, uh, you know, trying trying to see a demon in everything and, and and looking for a demon in people. And no, but if I conf- am I am confronted or in my ministry of helping another person, if I find there's a demonic influence there, if I discover uh, through what they maybe what they tell me or by a supernatural revelation of the word of knowledge or discerning of spirits, I find that there's a demon there. I know exactly what to do you know exactly what to do you know have you ever heard of someone talk about their house being haunted i've heard that just a number of times people say yeah man i lived in this house and man it was haunted and they're not just trying to be uh out there they literally um there were things going on in there that were weird <laughs> you know maybe they watch too many movies but there's some situations where uh, where stuff is really happening and, and there is really demonic stuff that can happen in the in the world today well what should the christian do they should cast those spirits out yeah in jesus name we can cast out demons and if there's anything funky going on in your life use the name (laughs) use the name of jesus and make it stop and go on don't make a big scene about it don't let the devil be glorified don't you know you don't want to give too much attention to a negative thing just deal with it and go on amen I think it's a good idea that we always make sure that we're magnifying the Lord with what we do and what we say and never magnifying the devil all right even if you've been attacked with a problem with a sickness or or some other thing in your life don't be given that the focus don't be let that let that be the the focus of your thought life and, and of your conversation you hear what happened to me do you know what I've been going through I mean if you're saying that to truly get help from someone that's one thing but just to constantly talk about negative stuff that's not becoming of a Christian all right we need to be a a, a people that have a life that is glorifying to the Lord and if I can minimize the work of the devil I'm going to do it now if I got to deal with it it's like bam and i'm going to move on i'm going to cast a demon out in his name amen so if anyone's been having those kind of problems say what if my sickness is a result of a demon no problem it's no it's no bigger of a problem if there's a demon involved or if satan is involved uh than if he weren't involved and it was just a you know a disease floating around no big deal we're talking about the power of god not talking about the power of us (laughs) the power of us might be limited but the power of god is not so whatever the source whatever the reason now's the season to cast that thing out he went on to say here um uh he's the latter part of verse 17 uh they will speak with new tongues i mean no that's one of the signs that's supposed to follow believers today that's what he said they will speak with new tongues say well uh, are you sure that we're all supposed to do that well no just the believers right not everybody just the believing ones should speak with new tongues and and thank god this is a gift for today that we can all experience and god wants to move through you and speak through you in supernatural languages it's a powerful thing but we live in a we live we live in a world today that needs christians who are supernatural all right not just a socialized gospel not just a club not just a make everybody feel good no we need some power 
We need some people who will stand up and do what the Bible says and have the signs that Jesus said would be appropriate to the believer's life. Verse 18. He said, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. So two things there. He said, they take up serpents, and if they would drink anything deadly, it would not hurt them. Now, those are kind of some issues that a lot of people have wondered about. Some people have taken that to a real weird extreme. And, uh, but how many know he's not implying here, if you, if you really read the context of this, that we would have some sort of ceremonial, ceremonial uh, snake handling. Can you get that out of that verse? I can't get that out of that verse. That he said, when he said you'll take up serpents, that he's, uh, that, that he's saying, you need to go out and find some snakes and, and bring them into your services <laughs> and, uh, and show how strong in faith you are by, by handling those things or letting them bite you and show that you're not going to die. That's just weird. That's just weird. You know, and drinking anything deadly. Notice he didn't command them to drink deadly things. Oh, yeah, the Bible says we'll drink deadly things, so I'm going to go drink some poison, and, and, and I'm going to live. But that wasn't a command. The Lord didn't want us to be stupid. He didn't want, how many know in reality that would be tempting God? If I'm going to go intentionally go handle a poisonous snake or intentionally drink something that would be physically harmful for me. All right, that's not what he's talking about at all. But you can see we have a Bible example over at the end of the book of Acts, or around 25, I think, Whereas, where a, a viper jumped out of a fire and latched hold of Paul. Now, he wasn't playing with the snake. <laughs> he wasn't doing any kind of ritualistic thing with the snake. And, you know, no, it just jumped out and bit him. And it was interesting. Paul didn't die. The serpent died. <laughs> and that's the way it ought to be. Uh, but when it comes to our lives, when we're preaching the gospel, he's just saying, you don't need to be afraid of these kind of things. Because if uh, you, have to, you have to go and preach in a place where there are snakes that are coming, don't worry about it. You're going to be protected. If you are out and, and you're, you're doing the go- preaching the gospel and you're living for God and you accidentally drink something that would be harmful, he said, Basically, it's not going to harm you. Amen. Amen. These are signs that follow believers, you know. And obviously, it depends on a person's ministry and where they go. I've never had to deal with the the whole snake issue before. I'm thankful. I don't really like snakes. (laughs) And uh, I'm not looking to to prove that verse right. But but you can you can bet that if I were in a situation and that happened, I'd immediately be thanking the Lord for Mark 16 <laughs> and saying, Lord, this is what you said, so praise God, I'm going on my way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But again, it's not things that we're to be looking out for this kind of stuff. Someone said, well, all these are in the same list. Shouldn't, shouldn't they be all used equally? Well, no, there's not a need for all of them to be used equally. Even when you talk about uh, the last one, which we'll get to healing and, and the first part of casting out demons, even in those two things. I mean, I've dealt with someone who was sick far more often than I ever have dealt with someone that was uh, demonically possessed or, or oppressed in some way. Okay, it's all a matter of what we're doing and where we're going to, to the degree to which we're going to be involved in these different signs. But I say, hey, this is what the Lord said would follow the believing ones. And so let's expect it. Let's walk in it. And when we have opportunity, giddy up, let's do it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so it's interesting even concerning that uh, 
when, when the scripture there said they'll take up serpents, that word also can mean um, cast away or take away. So it's not talking about me going to get a snake, but it's talking about if the serpent comes against me, I uh, cast it away. Like Paul did, he cast the thing in back into the fire and uh, it, it died. Okay. And so the, the very last thing he said here is kind of what we want to uh, do here and focus on tonight. He said, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. See, notice again, this is, a, this is just normal business. This is one of the signs that follows believers. They'll lay hands on the what? sick and what will happen? They will recover. They absolutely will recover. Say, how, how often should we do this? Well, it depends on how frequently you are confronted with a person who is sick. All right? I wouldn't lay hands on a healed person to, so they could recover, but only when someone is sick. And if I'm around that a lot, if, if I had a, you know, if you're in a family where people are always sick, I don't know, some people are like that. Your family, everyone in their family, they're trained to be sick. They talk sick, they believe sick, they expect to get sick. The least, smallest little sniffle or pain, it's like, oh no, find the medicine, <laughs> you know. And if someone has really good insurance, sometimes that's a hindrance, by the way, to people. But if someone has really good insurance, the moment they have anything, what's that? Oh, I felt something. Uh, it's like, I'm going to the emergency room. <laughs> Or, you know, that if someone doesn't have someone, up pick, someone else picking up the tab for it, they're more likely to trust God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm not saying health insurance is a bad thing or, or anything like that, but, uh, you know, I, I just think a lot of this is in our own control. You know, there's been a lot of questions over the years as to why um, ministries and missionaries and those who speak in third world countries so frequently have more greater miracles than we um, oftentimes see in the United States where it's very just very common to see blind eyes open and deaf ears open and the crippled walking and and just I mean outstanding notable miracles and they and then and then over in the United States uh, the, those things aren't oftentimes seen as frequently um, what's the reason for that i think one of the reasons for that is health insurance <laughs> or the the availability of a backup plan you know what i'm talking about it's it's just the the idea that i'm either going to get help from god here i'm either going to get a supernatural miracle or i'm in trouble so i'm going to go ahead and get this or it's sometimes in our society was like well we'll give that a try you know let's try the whole prayer thing let's try the whole you know laying on of hands thing let's let, let's give that a shot but i always know that if that doesn't work i mean i got my pills in my pocket and you know what i'm talking about or, or I, I i've got this backup plan and so what we're really doing honestly is we're not fully put throwing ourselves onto the mercy and grace of god we're not really throwing ourselves over into the provision of god's healing and so we settle amen but the bible again said here they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover and so uh when it comes to laying hands on the sick notice that the lord didn't put a maybe in there 
I know a lot of times we want to put a maybe in there. We want to put an exception. We want to put a, well, it's not always true. It's not always the case. I can't, I'm not accepting that. Someone said, well, hands were laid on me, and I didn't get healed. I don't believe it. Go away, <laughs> you unbelieving thing. I'm staying with the Word. Now, if someone comes with a true heart of humility, you know, we want to help people to be able to receive what God has provided. But just to say, uh, you know, someone said to me one time, well, I prayed for this person and nothing happened. I said, well, I guess God's word isn't true then. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they knew that I was, <laughs> I didn't believe that God's word wasn't true. But what, do you, what else am I going to say? What you did, exactly what God said, and it didn't work, I don't accept that. What the answer is, there's some, somewhere in the pipeline where we've missed something. And that's what we should be seeking. It's like, okay, how do I need to do this different? Because the Lord said, if we do this, this is what would happen. Now, when the Lord said, in my name, they'll do this. In my name, they'll cast out demons. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues and, and so forth. And they'll lay hands on the sick. That simply means that Jesus has authorized us to act on his behalf. In other words, we're doing this really not for ourselves as far as administering agents. We are doing it for Him. We're doing what He would do. We're doing these things on His authority. He has given us the right, given us the power, given us the ability to act on His behalf to manifest His glorious power. Now, let me, let me uh, t take you and look at a couple, couple scriptures here. Everybody with me today Today still? Okay. Um, Let's see. Let me just tell you this one. In Mark 6 and verse 5, the Bible says there that Jesus laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. What did he do? He laid his hands on them and healed them. Mark chapter 8. Why don't you just look there? You're not too far away. Mark chapter 8. verse 23 823 uh, let's see verse 22 then he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him to what? notice they didn't ask him to pray for him Lord pray for the blind man no it's interesting what they wanted him to do they wanted him to touch him. Touch him? You ever ask someone to touch you? I've been really feeling bad. Could you please touch me? <laughs> they did that with Jesus. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. It's because there's unbelief there. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him he asked him if he saw anything and he looked up and said I see men like trees walking in other words he had a partial change verse 25 then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly how did he get this guy to see everyone clearly he put his hands on him he put his hands on him think about that Think about that, that activity that the Lord has called us as believers to be involved with. He put his hands on them, and he was restored. This is cool. <laughs> this is God's plan. That one person 
would put their hands on another person and they would be healed. Good. Let's look at another one. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 and verse 40. Luke 440. It says, uh, let's see, when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases, what does various diseases mean? That means it's not just a certain kind. It's just they didn't want to list them all. That could take a while. <laughs> various, all kinds of different diseases. Would that mean anything that you might have? Yeah, if you were in that crowd, you would have been included in, vari in various. What do you got? Various diseases. <laughs> well, actually, that happens a lot of times in some, in some of our healing meetings. Uh, I go to people and say, what's wrong with you? <sighs> And they're just being real honest. It's like a lot of stuff. <laughs> they said, you want me to go through them all? And they got this huge long list of various diseases. All right, so the Lord takes care of various things. Various diseases, they were brought to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Now think about it. Uh, when Jesus was frequently ministering, there very often was a large crowd of people so much so that remember the one time he, he got a boat because he was by the lake and he said I need to use your boat because these people are they're in my personal space here right and uh, so he got a boat and pushed off and did his teaching from the boat so he could breathe <laughs> right I mean there's a lot of people there now think about this he laid hands on all of them we have examples in many of these passages like when there was the feeding of the how many 5,000 and then the 4,000 and remember that just spoke of the men alright so you might say 10, 15, 20,000 with kids and you know our guests but sometimes very large crowds and you're doing a healing meeting and you got 15,000 people there I mean certainly they're not all sick but you know thousands of them are yeah. right this takes a while. <laughs> I mean, Lord, couldn't you just do a mass prayer? <laughs> well, one, it didn't say anything about praying. But in reality, yes, there are different ways to minister healing. There's different ways that healing can be transferred. But there seems to be a real significance to Jesus laying hands on them. Otherwise, you get that bigger crowd, why would you do it? I mean, for one, you really want to touch everybody. I mean, they're not as cleanly as we are in our society. In our, I mean, they're on the, in the dirt and they're out there. There's a lot of stinky people, right? And Jesus is going to lay hands on every one of them. I know some people today would be like, you know, do you use like sanitary, that stuff in between each one, hand sanitizer? Because you don't want to get what they have on you. <laughs> Not an issue. <laughs> but he would lay his hands on every single one of them. And what happened to them? They were healed. Why were they healed? Because he touched them. 
because he touched them. Now, I recognize that uh, from a natural standpoint, touching someone can be a, a way of showing love and affection and acceptance. You know, parents ought to touch their children a lot. They ought to embrace them and hold them and, and show them love, right? It's one of the ways that, that um, you know, kids feel loved and blessed and even husbands and wives and, 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 and others in an appropriate manner, of course. Touching can be a very uh, good way to show affection and love, amen? And, uh, and I think even even with kids, I don't really like the whole whole idea uh, when um, people are taught to discipline through spanking with their hands. When kids are young and they need their rear end uh, touched, <laughs> you know, uh, to help them remember certain things. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the hand. Why? I think the hands are for love and healing. I think the rod of correction, like the Bible speaks of, is a better better route. Something else used. I don't know, some people freak out. <gasps> you can hurt a child that way. That's why you hit yourself first. You find out what you're doing. You can become skilled at it. <laughs> to where just the right amount of pressure helps the child to learn and drives foolishness out of them. But the hands are for love and for healing. Amen. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> A little bonus material for healing night uh, <laughs> but uh but the lord ministered to them through the laying on of hands he touched them and he touched all of them and what happened they all got healed wow that's powerful he touched them and every one of them was healed how were they healed again i know i'm being redundant they were healed when he touched them luke 13 let me give you one more here. Luke 13. This is the woman over here that had uh, the spirit of infirmity. Um, Luke 13, 13. So we won't read it all. She had the spirit of infirmity. Uh, verse 13. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Obviously, you can see from the from that and the verses prior she had some type of issue where she was bent over maybe it was a scoliosis or something but some type of back issue but what happened happened here the Lord laid hands on her to make her straighten up if the Lord laid hands on a person then and they were healed they were straightened up or they had various types and kinds of diseases and it was through his hands being put on them that they were made well and then he turned around to the very people that saw him do this that assisted him in doing this he said uh, and this is right before he went back to heaven he gave them the great commission told them what to preach told them who to preach to and he said this is what's going to happen when you do it he said you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover what do you think the disciples had in their mind I think they, they knew exactly what he was talking about they had a, a very graphic imagery going through their minds of all the times that they had seen uh, Jesus do this and I really had been involved in it to some degree themselves as well. They knew exactly what that meant. You lay hands on the crooked person or on the bent over person and they go, oh, okay, cool. Now what's next? You lay hands on the blind person. <laughs> 
and they see. You lay hands on the deaf person. I hear it. And you lay hands on the whatever various type of diseases. That was Jesus' solution. He said, you're going to go forth in my name. And when you do this, this is what's going to happen. There must be something very powerful that God wants to do through one person's hands being laid upon another. And uh, the truth about this is, is we can actually transmit the power of God through laying on, uh, through laying hands on people the same way that you might say a, a, a battery transfers power into another battery. You know, jumper cables. It's really the same way. When a believer has the life of God in them, the power of God, and all believers do, has the life of God in them, they can intentionally, on purpose, transmit that power into another person. Yeah, yeah. Just like, well, let's say, well, what if my battery is dead in my car and I need to get a jump? How many ever, before you do that, you really pray that it'll work? I don't think I've ever prayed if it will work. I just know if that battery's got power and this battery doesn't, you know, as long as it's able to handle it, you know, receive that power, you just got to hook the cables up. As long as they're not a short in a cable or something. I mean, there are laws that govern it. It works. Power in one is going to go through the cable and get into the other one. For the good person, for the bad person, for the good-looking person, for the ugly person, <laughs> for the rich person, for the poor person, for the one that was in church, for the one that wasn't in church. Why? They're just acting on laws that govern that electricity and that power. In the same way, this works with healing. As a believer, as a child of God, I have the right to do this. Now watch. This doesn't work for everybody. I don't want to leave the wrong impression here. Not everybody can do this. Okay? Only those who believe can do this. Because isn't that what Jesus prefaced this by? He said, these signs will follow those who believe. He says, I'm going to try that. No, you're not going to try that. <laughs> it, it starts with the basis of saying, yes, I believe in this. Amen. Now go back to Mark 16. We'll finish there. Mark chapter 16 and verse 19. It says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. It's kind of, don't you think kind of the last thing someone says to you kind of sticks with you? This is supposed to stick with us. I know we weren't there, but this is one of the things that's supposed to stick with you. I mean, if, if someone important in your life, uh, of course, we don't typically leave this way, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but if someone is going to, if someone is on their deathbed and you're having the conversation and you know they're about to go, how many know pretty important things are said right at that point? If you have the ability to talk with a dying relative or loved one, uh, I mean, the things that weren't said, the things that maybe 
you want them to remember for a long time that's the time you're going to say it and they say it and then go and then pass away how many know you're not going to forget what they said at the very last thing this is what Jesus said right before he left he said this is what you guys are going to do now I'm out of here I'm leaving you go do this amen and verse 20 and they went out and preached everywhere why did they do that well because the Lord right before he left he said I want you to go do this they went out and preached everywhere now we know he also told them you don't get the whole conversation he told them to wait for the promise of the father so they went to Jerusalem and received the baptism in the spirit right they went out and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs amen what kind of signs what accompanying signs what did the Lord do through them well they cast out demons <laughs> they spoke with new tongues they if they drank anything deadly didn't hurt them right they took up serpents if that happened to them they laid hands on the sick and they recovered they recovered the same word he gave them he gave us we might ask we might ask someone is is it true that today i mean all these years later that we're still supposed to preach the gospel i mean no you would find that believers would have to say well yeah we still have to i mean how are people going to be saved how are they going to know the lord if we don't preach the gospel but in the same context he said when you go and when you preach the gospel this is what's going to happen these are the accompanying signs and just like the lord worked with them how many know the lord works with us just like he worked when they preached the word it was confirmed with signs following it was confirmed with healings and miracles and deliverances and holy spirit baptisms and and just powerful stuff happened when they preached the word if we're preaching the same word serving the same lord the same god with them is is the god who's with us to cause things to happen thank you lord this is not a difficult thing this is not something that's that, that's out of our reach or something that's just uh you know just a pipe dream out there wouldn't it be nice if we could see this how many know the lord is with us and the only qualifier here is he said this those who believe in my name they'll do this so we don't do it in our own name we don't do it in some 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 religious figure's name we just say jesus you ever notice the name of jesus cause a lot of causes a lot of trouble you ever notice the name of jesus cause a lot of problems in this world in the sense that those who are anti-christ get all in a ruffle oh you said the name you said jesus and uh and but well it's the name that heaven stands at attention to it's the name that hell trembles at amen it's the name that we glorify it's the name that'll cause a sickness to leave it'll cause a demon to flee it'll cause the oppressed person to come out and be free it'll cause change when nothing else can let's put our trust in the name what do you say the very name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we'll see his power in mighty mighty manifestation all of our days why we're believing ones and these things follow us amen so i've been a believer for a while now i haven't seen much of that in my life well notice what the lord confirmed though they went out and preached everywhere the lord working with them 
and confirming the word with signs following. How many know we've got to be talking about the right thing? When I say, when I proclaim the name of Jesus, when I tell people about what he has done, the Lord is there to say, Amen. The Lord is right there with me to move through me. Amen. And as I'm hooked up to the battery, I'm really more like the cable. He's the power source. I'm the cable. And I'm hooked up to him and I hook on to you. And it's just a matter of working the system, operating in the laws that govern uh, the healing power of God. Amen. Well, God is good. God is good. Thank you, Lord. We just honor you today. Lord, we're so thankful for your word and for your promise. So thankful for your faithfulness. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for all the good things that you do. Lord, we give all glory and praise. Thanksgiving to your name. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Good, good God you are. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor that's due your name. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, God is good. Amen.